This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome. It's the Three Lions Podcast and my name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Thank you as always for tuning in. It has been a busy month so far, April. We started of course with the World Cup draw, then there was the next in the World Cup series where I spoke with Peter Woodman about when he went to the 1966 World Cup final. You can still tune in to both of those episodes via your podcast provider if you've missed them or at threelionspodcast.com. And still to come this month, we'll have the next in the England Manager Series 2. So make sure you stay subscribed, hit that subscribe button wherever it may be, and you won't miss it. Now this episode, I am once again pleased to say I'm joined by England C manager Paul Fairclough. Now, you may remember that I spoke with him last month ahead of their game against Wales back on the 30th of March. For those that perhaps weren't aware, the result, well, it wasn't ideal, going down 4-0. That preview episode is still available, but now, why not join me and Paul as we reflect on it and see also what the future holds. That's my pleasure, as always, to welcome back on the Three Lions podcast, Paul Fairclough, manager of the England C team. Welcome back, Paul. Hi, good to be back again once more. Oh, pleasure to have you on. Pleasure to have you on. Um, obviously, we last spoke back in it was back in the middle of March with the the big game coming up, England against Wales on the thirtieth of March. We'll we'll touch on the game very soon. But what I do remember about our conversation there when we spoke to you, you were very much in the the preparation stakes of looking at menu, kit, transportation, of of all these little things that supporters perhaps don't really get to to hear about. Did it all go to plan? Did all your plans go smoothly get into the game? Um, mostly, right. uh, apart from uh, a disastrous journey for myself and my staff from London, Euston to uh, Landudno Junction, where we had to stand up, even though we had seats for, uh, we had to stand up for two hours with, um, you know, face to face with other people, not a mask to be seen. No movement, could not use a toilet facility or uh, any kind of um, drink. You could, you, you, nothing was accessible. The train was a health and safety disaster. So, yeah, that was a great, um, great start to the day. But Sorry. then we, um, you know, it, we we got to uh, we got to Wales. One of the one of the nice things. Um, about that journey we were standing up and and this is um, really quite interesting so 
uh, a lady was trying to squeeze past us with a dog in her arms. Right. And this is before the the play uh, the, the train had actually uh, left the station, and there was no wriggle room for her to get past again. And she sort of uh, she kept taking um, double glances at me and a couple of my other stuff. She kept giving me um, these glances. And anyway, it transpired, and it made the time go quickly. Her son had played for England C as well. No way. So a lad called uh, Connor Jennings. Right. Yeah, I can remember he made his debut uh, against Gibraltar in Gibraltar, and he scored. A very young player went on to. He's currently at Stockport County. Right. So is and and it was his mother. So she knew all about the non-league scene, all about the England C team, and she was sending her son texts and we were text <laughs> messages back from him. So that was just, you know, that's the lovely, the lovely nature of non-league football. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's great. We, I take it you're all suited and booted and and badged up then. How she noticed you? Well, no, I, I mean no, because we we didn't go. Um, I th- I, did I? No, no, I was in. Yes, I had an old tra- England tracksuit on. Yeah, a, a bit of a retro job. Because mm. um, we don't get the up to date stuff. There were sixteen teams going out um, over that week, so we had to dig into our own supplies for that kit. But um, no, she just she recognised a couple of the faces, you know, and uh, so it was just. It was lovely to have that conversation with her, you know, and she was, I tell you what, she knew her, she knew her stuff as well. Oh, that's great. That's a wonderful story. But, nice. but what, what happened during the build-up build to the game, um, I think I alluded to the fact that we lost more than 50%. Uh, we lost nine of the original squad. Yeah. That was selected, and and we and then I always make sure I've got a big contingency squad because we expect things to happen. And would you believe I, I lost another eight of the contingency squad? Oh. So the team that gathered, the squad that got, gathered, bore no resemblance to the one that was we we you know hoping to start with. Having said that, that's always a difficult one to welcome those type of players who know they've been uh, arrived through the back door, so to speak. Mm. But within, um, we had our first training session within a couple of hours, maybe three hours of them arriving there as a group. And I was so pleased uh, with the quality of the squad that I had. I mean, I think everyone will say that the memory, all the members of staff uh, who were present would have said that that looks like one of the best squads we've had. However, I had these niggling thoughts going on all the way through that because, you know, we get, we get very quickly into the, into the, the game and, uh, and how we're going to shape up. And... I was left with a situation whereby I was delighted with the squad, but the players that I had in in the defence, the defenders, all played in for their clubs in a a five. 
right. And it, the team had not been, the overall team had not been built round a five. It had been built round a four, three, three sort of formation. So what that means is that the two centre-backs who played centre-back for us were, were really good players. They've been playing throughout the season with another defender alongside them. And the full-backs had been playing in, in teams where they were allowed to play quite advanced of the other three defenders. Right. So that was a concern for me before, before we, um, we got into real... The get the match situation. And do you air these concerns with the players? Um, under normal circumstances, um, yeah, I'm very much a, a manager who likes to the players to take ownership. Mm. Um, but we were just flying along so well with so many other things uh, off the pitch, you know, because we we do a lot of bonding of the, of the players. And, and this is what is so so disappointing about the the overall uh, performance that we got on the night because um, uh, I have to say it, it, it was ranked among amongst one of the weaker performances that we've ever had and 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 I'm looking for reasons for that on a on a, a daily basis now you know I'm still because one thing at club level that I that I that I do is, and when we're on international duty, if we've got the time, if we if perhaps we had a game abroad and we we've got a, a day travel the next day, we can always find an hour to debrief the game. Yeah, you know, and say, look, okay, and that's that is uh, that is player owned as well because I want it from them. I don't want it from me. Um, what did that? What did what went well on the pitch? What what would what would we change on the pitch? And if we are going to change them, how would we change it? You know, so it's not just a ticking the boxes. It's going deep and finding solutions so as to when we come together next time, we've already got things that we've cemented, but there's things that we know didn't work, and we want to improve on them. So we didn't get the time to, to for, for that kind of inquisition on on this game, um, but when it came to the actual actual, actual game preparation, as I say, had been uh, fantastic, and I was just had this niggling niggling doubt uh, in in my head. But because the, the the back the back four that started for me are all doing splendidly well for the. Their, their, their club and I had three forwards in Michael Cheek and uh, Callum Roberts who'd played in the first team in Newcastle and and Billy Walters between them they've got something like 45 goals this season wow and didn't get anywhere near the goal yeah one you know <laughs> you have these expressions it was just one of those games. Well, do you know what? I've never subscribed to that. Um, there's a reason why. And then we had mid, we had goals from midfield players who, who, who would normally score in midfield players. So I knew we had goals in us, 
But I always thought we might we might have to have really uh, exceptional performance at the back as well. I mean, I've got the best goalkeeper in the in the league, um, Scott Loach, who he's been involved in one of uh, Capello's squads. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and he's a great kid. He, he, he let four goals in in sixty minutes. You know, it, there was a we 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 started off. Um, and, you know, and he's a great goalkeeper. He couldn't get anywhere near the shots that were rained in on him. So it was a case of the the, the Welsh team. The Welsh team, I have to say, uh, we've won the last seven encounters, I believe, against Wales and. But Welsh football has come on so, so much. And, and this is not an insult to the Welsh footballers, but even the, the shape of their players, they look like good footballers. Like, you know, they look, they look lean, they look athletic. And they've, they've changed over the years, you know, as the as, as academy system in Wales has, 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 has grown. And they were highly, highly organised. And um, you could see straight away that, um, you know, they were setting traps for us all over the park, which they'd obviously really worked hard on. And and before we knew it, I mean, we started the game quite well, but before we knew it, you know, once you get one of these moments, it's very difficult to control, you know, conceding the first goal, you, you know, you can deal with that, but then to concede another and another and another, you think, hang on, let's get to half-time as quickly as possible, guys, you know, because yeah. this is going to be time of limitation. Because that's what, it be, that's what the game became, and I've, I've not been involved in a game like that. And, of course, um, I'd wanted this to be such a memorable occasion for these guys because it was the first time we got a, um, an open-age team for, oh, it must have been 10, 10 years, it was the first game for about three years, and I just wanted to, it to leave an impact on them in a positive way, uh, that it was a, a very special occasion. But it, it didn't turn out to be special for me, and, and I know for the fact some of the lads, that, you know, they were, they were really quite, quite low after the game. Yeah, no, I, I've read the, the non-league papers review on it, and although there were... There's a, a few nice messages about saying, uh, who was it, Michael Cheek, saying it, it was a proud moment for him to represent his his country, especially as he thought that his moment may have passed. But, yeah, just that involvement of being there seems to have obviously always goes down well with the, the organisation that you have. And, and I've seen that it, it looked a good bonding experience and that all looked well. But, yeah, just... Just the result on the pitch just didn't go well. I mean, would it be a danger of saying maybe after you say the previous games against Wales where you've said that they weren't as in a physical shape as they are now that you maybe underestimated them? Well, I certainly never underestimated them because I told the players what to expect. When you play a Welsh side... You, you know, you expect a battle. That's the first thing that you're going to get. Yep. I mean, the whole stadium, I can't, I don't know how many there was. I think there was about 1,700 people there. It's 14, 1,402, apparently. Yeah. 
it's a, it's a, it's a Welsh-speaking community in that yeah. area. Very proud to be Welsh. And they hammered out the national anthem. Our national anthem, I don't know where they got, where they, what uh, record label they got it from, but it certainly was a, a shocker. <laughs> and and it, it, it lasted no more, no more than 30 seconds. And we had to stand through the whole Welsh uh, national anthem with the, with the crowd ripping it into it. Uh, and I think, do you know what? I think that was quite a defining moment because... I looked at my players and they were quite unsettled by that. They, they, I could see, they thought, hang on, this is, this is different, this. You know, they'd, they'd, they'd rushed into our national anthem by the time, and then it was gone, and then this other one was being ripped out. And it was fantastic to hear, you know, the, 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 the Welsh passion. And that... That was transferred onto the pitch straight away, but we matched whatever they got in, they gave in the first 10 minutes. But after the first goal went in, I would have wanted more, um, more fighting spirit. And that's probably what upset me more than anything. I, I can't remember, um, over the years, I've had players in there who have been real tacklers of the ball, you know, and, and refusing to, to give in. Um, I think that you, what you said about underestimation, I think perhaps one or two players may have thought that and thinking, well, hang on, I, I play in the National League, they play in, in the Welsh Premier League, you know, um, but that doesn't wash when you get international games like this. It just even evens out completely. You know, wherever you're playing, well, you know, there's an old saying, isn't it, that the the will to win is greater than the skill to win. Right. And and when it comes to this kind of a game, that was certainly the certainly the case. That the Welsh were a good good team. And they were very, very organised. Uh, and to us, it looked as if we didn't have a plan B uh, or a plan C or, in fact, a plan A. We, we were just pretty inept on the day and, and uh, very disappointed on the whole, whole outcome of the, of the result. Yeah, can understand. I'm in a, um, a group of, of England supporters, a WhatsApp group, and I know a... A couple of guys who actually went to the game, and and they said that it it was a good atmosphere off off the pitch, it, and it felt like it was played in the right spirit. Um, it was it was a good advert though for non league level football. Yeah, um, well, I'd certainly uh, I, I would disagree. Um, I, I'd say from the Welsh perspective, it was a great advert for for Welsh football. Uh, the way the games should be played and how passionately it should be played, uh, but it wasn't what I've seen for, in the in the national league this season. It it, it it bore very little reflection of what I've seen at national league level this this season. You know, I've seen, I mean, people like Michael Chee. He scores he scores a, a couple of goals on Saturday to take his team to Wembley. Yeah. You know, and, and it wasn't for the lack of trying. 
on uh, against Wales. You know, uh, Billy Walters, another one who I said scores goals. He scored two on Saturday for Halifax. So he's come all, he's come all the way back home from Wales, and and you know it was a lengthy journey for the lads. And then he's gone into the, the game on Saturday and he scored two goals. Michael Sheep the same takes his team to Wembley two goals. So I'm you know I'm a loss for words how that that can happen. You know um, maybe it's the case that we didn't create the chances for those players. It was it was one of the most ordinary England performances that I've been involved with, and sadly it was one I felt really really excited about the squad that that you know look it's the old adage isn't it it's um it's 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 not the it's it's the way you play the cards that you've been given yeah and, and in the end that we were given this particular set of cards because of all the pullouts but i was really pleased with what we got and i was really pleased with what we put together and what's more the players after training on the Monday and the Tuesday, we're pleased with, with it as well. And if ever I saw a group of lads looking as if they were ready to go, that was them. But yeah. they just didn't get going. Well, so under normal circumstances, when a, when a loss like this comes round, you look into the next game to put yeah, yeah. it right. And uh, all those thoughts that are going round in your mind still a week, 10 days after the game, you want to, right, implement them into the next game. But this now yeah. is is where we stand, where we are. What What is the next game? What Where do we stand now with England, C? Right. Um, that's a really, really interesting question um, because this game was funded by the leagues and so we've got a, you know, it is a fixture that we want to keep. And so there's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of talk at the FA over the next few months about you know quite a lot of teams. Right. Um, you know, my, our, our doctor, who's who's um, who does the, the team for us. Uh, you know, he did does it on a voluntary basis. Um, he's gone off with the um, the England deaf team. He's gone to Argentina for for ten ten days. Right. So, you know, we have that sort of competition in, in terms of um, funding. Yeah. I mean, it's it's essential that that, that that team gets funded, absolutely essential, as with all the other disability teams. But I don't want to be, you know, having to draw money from disability groups for us to continue to, get, to, to carry on. Of course. You know, I want this team to be valued in its own right. So, um, look, there'll be a lot of discussions going on uh, as to where we move and, and what we do. One of the things that, uh, I don't know whether I mentioned it, we, there's a department in the FA um, for, that sort of helps with the uh, diversity coaches, good young ethnic minority coaches who, who have got good awards but are struggling to find openings in, in, in the system. Yeah. Um, uh, which we all know is is, is going on. I mean, so um, I had I took on three of them to mentor over the over the the, the time that we were there, and 
they were just consumed with with pride and um, consumed with what they'd been allowed to do to be part of. And that's a separate department of the FA. And maybe, you know, that is a direction that the team could 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 go, you know, being a platform uh, to assist with those uh, young uh, aspirant coaches. So uh, there's lots to think about and uh, as the direction to what the team will go. But it's not been confirmed. I don't think there's a fixture being confirmed yet with Wales, but that's the plan. I, I would question if, if that game is going to be become an annual, an annual fixture um, I would question the timing of the fixture you know the timing was completely wrong for the National League yeah. because it was right on the business business end of the, of the part of the season you know we have players leaving us to go st- directly into into champion you know into promotion battle or even even in the um, a Wembley final Trophy finals, yeah. Straight into that. And so, for me, you know, lots of, there were lots of injuries that we didn't get players, but I think there was one or two who perhaps, you know, players were being pulled because of of the importance of their own season. Yeah. And I understand that to a point as well. So, that fixture for me, might have to revert to what it used to be, and that was the uh, after the the season had finished, once the playoffs were all done and dusted, uh, and then played in that week after that, and maybe with someone alongside it, maybe with someone like uh, Scotland or Ireland, so to make it, but not to a point where there's too many games. Yeah. My- the only thing I would say there, and I know this is something you've mentioned before, that with regards to it being after the season, then you're for the two for the teams that have been promoted into the the National League pyramid, um, they're ineligible to play for you. So does that restrict your pool of players? No, no. For for for, the, for that that particular game, it um, it wouldn't. I mean, we've had those issues before when we had the. Four Nations tournaments, which I, I wasn't particularly happy with because there was too many games in such a short space of time. But we did have players who gained promotion with their National League teams. But the, the, the team who gains promotion to the Football League don't become um, a Football League team until the, the end of the AGM of the National League. Right. So a know, little you, window there. There's a little window there to where they even though they they've been promoted, there is that window. And I experienced that myself with Barnet. I was manager of the team when we when we got promoted. So but I was still able to take a few of the lads to play um, in that tournament. Yeah, so um yeah, there are little ways of pulling it off, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I seem to remember you as well saying that there's other nations you've got contracts signed to play against. And and I want to say, I want to say India, but I'm not 100% sure that was one of them. But yeah, there was a- I mean, well, there's a document being signed with uh, Nepal. Nepal, big pardon, yeah. 
Um, and um, I mean, it's quite interesting. I was I, I saw some results that last week uh, in in friendlies around the world, and do you know, I mean, I know we come off the off a hide and off the back of um, Wales, but. You know, I've I've always pitched England in in the uh, in that hundredth bracket. You know, hundred yeah. onwards right. in the FIFA rankings, there's the C team, and I don't really, I haven't ch- changed. That result hasn't made me change because I look at some of the teams that we played in the past. You know, we played the likes of Grenada and uh, Barbados and Bermuda and uh, people like that, and we've and the, and we've come out winners and. So, but yes, then the Nepal fixture um, has been because there's a huge Nepalese contingency in uh, in and around the Oldershot area. Yeah, and that game was supposed to be played at Oldershot. So that there's there's a very good chance that that will go on, uh, and that's that would be quite a political thing for it it not to go on. Yeah. And possibly the the fact that that then that that would be reciprocated um, with a, an away fixture um, at at another date, um, and then funny enough, um, the countries around Nepal is this sort of long strip in the in in, in the middle of sort of it's it's on the borders of China and India and Bangladesh. It's sort of this strip that runs in between them all, you know, and you've got this big mountain alongside there as well. It's called Everest. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, and so they get great views of Everest from those surrounding countries. Um, So there's there's those countries as well. There's, you know, Bangladesh. There's there's India. um, There's... Pakistan, there's all those sort of countries as well who who are ready to take off in football. So, and in line with this mentoring that we do, we're doing at the moment. Uh, this could be another direction for the team to go. Yeah. So, with regards to those meetings that you said about that the FA need to have about all their levels of of the teams with under their umbrella and England C coming under that. Is that conversations that you will be party to? Are you able to get to those and put your two penniths across? Do you know what? I'd love to sit. I'd love to have the opportunity to sit down with uh, the current CEO. Bullingham, isn't it? Mark Bullingham. Yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, I met quite a few of the, of the previous chairman and, and, and had we, we, I had audiences with, with a number of them over the years. And um, But as the organisation has evolved and grown, there seems to have been less of an opportunity for me to do that. And But I would love to I'd welcome that opportunity to, to find out... What, you know where we stand and where we we believe we could take it, and where we could we believe we could be part of the of the real really part of the DNA of of the FA. I mean, if if you could speak to Mark Bullingham, what what would your words be to him? Well, you see, 
I mean, I get reports uh, of where Mark's real passion lay, you know. What I do know is he's a, he's a coach, he's a grassroots coach, you know. So I just would like him to tell me where, where he feels the Inglesy fits. Yeah. Um, and if he's got reasons for where it fits, you know, can I work with him to, to help it fit, you know, someone else in the system? Um, because it's got so much to, to offer, regardless of, you know, one, one, one football result, that's, that's neither, neither here or there. We've been successful for many a year. But I, I, I would like to be part of a conversation that sits around the table and for someone like myself to speak, who's vehemently proud of the England C team and, and what it can do. I've seen what it does for, for young men, for young, you know, off the pitch and, and young men and for, for what it does for them on the pitch. I've seen it. I've seen it develop friendships for life. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that in, 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 in football terms as well. Well, let's hope that that can happen in the future. Um, so part of, I say, I've read in the, in the article in the non-league paper that some of the things you said about this, the recent game where these new players and your staff, you, you're making friends for life through this journey that you're on. And, and here's hoping for, to have more of, of those opportunities, not just for you, but for those players that are involved as well, who, who perhaps maybe haven't come in to in, encounter each other off the pitch as well. Exactly, exactly. Paul, thank you very much for your time, no, you. as always. Thank you, any time. No, well, let's, next time that next fixture comes around, let's chat again. Okay, cool. Excellent. It's- My many thanks go to Paul there for his time and his insight into that England Sea setup. I find it really interesting. And hopefully I can have a chat with him again in the very near future. We'll be keeping an eye out for that next fixture. And thank you, as always, for listening. Always a pleasure to have you along. Don't forget, you can find the podcast on all your usual social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. And the website, too, has all the previous episodes. If you've not heard it before and you like England, I can guarantee that there's at least one there that you'll enjoy. You may have to listen to three or four before you find it, but it'll be there. Uh, Seriously, though, thank you. Uh, Thank you for listening. I'll be back with you very soon. I'll tell you what. We will drop the next episode in the England Manager series. Listen to me dropping episodes. Uh, I hope you can join me for it. So until then, look after yourselves. Take care. Cheers. Cheers.